Do you guys know that you guys have positive core beliefs in your body that are like, you know, I believe I can make money easily and frequently. That's a very positive belief. But what if your body believed that only 7%? Then it won't manifest to you. No matter how hard you work, your subconscious is like, I'm the owner. <laughs> I rule your world. Subconscious is like, I'll go out there and make a lot. The subconscious is like, no, you won't because you believe that you can't make it every day. There's a false notion in our society. I'll take care of you if you take care of me. But the truth is, if we actually take care of ourselves first, only then can we change our life, change our homes, change our cities, our relationships, and eventually change the world. For those of you who appreciate the holistic lifestyle, you've come to the right place. Your host, Emmanuel Zavallos, is a certified emotion and body code practitioner and certified group energy facilitator. You are now listening to Healing the Healer podcast. This show is brought to you by Heal, the social media platform for those who love the holistic lifestyle. Are you tired of sharing holistic tips and getting banned or going to Facebook jail for sharing the truth? Are you tired of all the Facebook political drama? Tired of people who don't support energy healing growth? My wife Jess and I created a social media platform that was meant for people who love social media, communicating with like-minded people, and love learning hacks from other wellness practitioners. It's free to join www.haveempathyandlove.com. Plus, every week you have the option and choice to opt into a cutting-edge healing group where you get energy healing for seven days straight. Again, it's free to join www.haveempathyandlove.com. In my opinion, I believe there is an issue with government negligence with our marriages. So we already know that 50% of people, they have, there's a high divorce rate. Uh, and it gets worse if you keep getting married, which we'll talk about later on. Um, but I want to share with you guys like what marriage is really like according to quantum physics, energy medicine. If you really want to know like what's happening in marriages, let me let me tell you, is that when you see somebody that has very similar baggage to you, not like a actual suitcase, but like same baggage, maybe they have the same kind of parents and maybe they dealt with the same people dating wise, um, you tend to look at their luggage and say, hey, like we have the same luggage, so we should get married. And the problem is, is that that luggage is what's going to create the divorce in the future. So even though there's an attraction, there's also a almost a lack of prevention for the inevitable. And the government doesn't really care. And should the government care? I don't know. But for sure, I think like if if I were the government, I would say you guys have to go to a body code practitioner for a whole entire year, remove each other's baggage so your probability rate of staying together is way higher than 50%. That's what I would do. If I were the, if I had any control of the government, be like, oh, well, you have to get married for, or like for the state, make it a state law. Be like, you know you have baggage, right? I don't think anyone would debate that you have baggage before you before you go into a marriage. And I tell people all the time, it's like you're going to this, you believe you're going into a beautiful white house. It doesn't stay white when you are trying to get married. It looks new. It looks like this is a new adventure with both of us. It's not a new adventure. And I'll tell you why. There's baggage you're bringing, your skeletons are coming into this house with you. 
and it's almost like you have a gun. You're just you have like an AK forty seven. You have you have a gun, and you're you're going in the house fully loaded with all these weapons, and you you're you're weaponized, and your partner's weaponized, and little by little, there's a bloodbath in this house, and this white house is now fully red. And I hate to be so graphic about it, but it's really what ha- what's happening in this in the country right now is that people don't they underestimate how much baggage they're bringing into the relationship which is then causing the result of the divorce rate. L- let me give you some facts here. So in America alone, 50% divorce rate for the first time marriages. Second marriage, it's 67% that you're probably going to get divorced. Third marriage is 74% that you have a probability of divorce. And why is that? So technically, I would fall under the 74%. But that's if I didn't do work on myself, if I didn't clear my heart wall, uh, have peace with my past relationships, have peace with how my parents used to fight all the time. If I didn't go through that 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 healing process, I'm as good as 74%. And I believe that statistic. So just know that if you're having trouble in your relationship right now, it makes perfect sense. You have to admit uh, the the first step to wisdom is acknowledging that there's something wrong and just to acknowledge that, hey, I might have baggage I'm bringing in. I'm coming. I need to drop my weapons in my white house. Otherwise, it's going to be a bloodbath. And most people aren't doing it. I want to share something about this closet, kind of like come out, coming out of the closet entity, this little story I want to share with you. So there was a boy that I worked with. He was He was a young kid. He was like around 19 years old. Um, back in the day we used to do zoom. So I used to like see him see clients, but now I just do everything over the phone. And, um, he had some major depression issues going on to some depression. Um, he, he told me he was gay up front and just like, you know, just wanted to let me know. I was like, okay, so I'm working on him. And what's interesting is that he said that he's dealt with depression and it started kind of accumulating around 14 years old. So I was like, that's interesting. So I just, I didn't take that into account. I just kind of wrote it in my notes and said, okay, let's just, you know, work together. And I started removing his heart wall. And what's interesting was that once his heart wall was cleared, his depression went down from like a nine to a four. So now me being the perfectionist that I am, I'm like, okay, we got to get this four to a zero. How do we do that? And this is where I muscle tested that he had an entity inside of him uh, connected to him. Then something happened that was really crazy in Zoom. I don't share this story a lot, but I was working with him and all of a sudden his face turned pale uh, and he was like looking at something kind of like, you know, and he like, he wasn't connecting with me anymore. He was just looking at something, you know, and I'm like, hey, are you okay, buddy? Like what's going on over there? But I muscle tested he had an entity and um, he's like, he's here. I'm like, who's here? He's like, that entity you're talking about. And he says, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you that I could see these things since I was a kid. So it's interesting that like, you never know too. Sometimes entities that are connected to you, you might not see them in the day. They might mess with you at night while you're sleeping. I know it doesn't sound like, it sounds really creepy. Um, But uh, if you watch Paranormal Activity, you know, which I did watch that, uh, you know, you can see how the night times, for some reason they got meddled with, you know, you have to like make sure you do your prayer at night and make sure that you're protected at night because that's when you're the most vulnerable. But anyway, he um, he saw it and he's like, he's like, I could see him. He kind of has this like weird crooked ba- uh, back and uh, he doesn't have any hair. It's, it's a spirit person, you know? And he's like, to, I think he was to the right of him. And I said, okay, I'm like, don't move. I'm like, I need to do the protocol. He's like, what protocol? 
I'm like, I need to remove the thing that attracted this entity. So what's really interesting with with this work is that, you know, entities are just, I've been clearing them for the last eight years. It's no big deal. Just things from the other side, just spirits that some of them don't know they're dead. Some of them know they're dead. Some of them are, some are evil spirits. They never have a body. They'll never have a body. They're just one of the one, one uh, third of God's children that decided to come down here and kind of ruin it for us a little bit. So it was just a disembodied spirit. This was not an evil spirit. This was a man who used to live here on earth, but he was just bothering him. And uh, what's interesting that that I found out in this work is that you will, if you have a certain energy, like a no will to this or you know will to this, uh, you'll attract this entity that guess what he has a no will to that or a will to that, a no will to live or a will to die. You'll attract that. And he'll be like, oh, you have the same energy as I do. Let me just connect with you real quick. So now it's this thing that's causing you depression and you can't sleep at night. You have nightmares. You have uh, physical issues. You have, uh, you think there's something there, but there's nothing there. Like all these different symptoms and you don't know what it is, which even drives you crazier. You know, so a lot of you who are dealing with depression, I have a high, there's a high probability you have some form of attachment on you. And there's hope because it's not about taking a medication. It's it's finding these things and getting rid of it. And so what happened was is uh, I found a no will to live and a will to die energy. I muscle tested it. And guess where it came from? It came from age 14. And I asked him what happened at age 14. Guess what happened? He came out of the closet to his parents. And his parents were not accepting of it. They gave him a hard time. So he didn't want to be there anymore. And he told me, he said, I didn't want to live anymore. I'm like, that makes sense. I found a will to die. That energy in the body code creates suicide ideation. He also had a no will to live. So you might ask, what's the difference between no will to live and will to die? Little little, little uh, differences there. Will to die means you're being too hard on yourself and you're like kind of self-abusing yourself in your head and you want to like stop that. You want to take a time out for that. Uh, no will to live is you're overwhelmed, just like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed with life. I need a timeout. So two types of timeouts. One of them is overwhelmed. The other one's self-abuse. He had both of them, will to die and no will to live. When? Age 14. Guess what this entity had? Probably the same thing. He's like, oh, I've had some no will to live in my life, and I've had some will to, will to die in my life too. So it connected with him. Here's the crazy part. So I'm working with him, and I find this uh, energy in him. I said, I found a will to die. As soon as I found a will to die, uh, I, re- I, and I, I removed it. He all of a sudden moved really quickly in the room. Like he was like halfway, he was just like 50% more closer to him. And he's like, Whoa, he's like, he's getting closer. And I was like, okay, okay. Don't like, just, just calm down. Uh, let me just find out there's something else here. You know, I'm, I'm all getting very like professional, like, Hey, calm down. There, there's something else here. There's no will to live. Okay. I got to get rid of that too. Then I got rid of the no will to live. And then he says, oh my, and then his, then his face turned paler. It was like, he was like really scared. He's like, he's right in front of me. Like his face is like right here uh, to his nose, like just staring at him. And I'm like, okay, there's nothing else I can find here. It's almost like he was getting upset that I was unlinking them. I was like saying, hey, you don't have this in common anymore. Like stop bothering him. And then basically I said in the name of, of the creator, I can say in the name of Jesus Christ, the name of the creator, um, I'm telling you to leave this this boy alone, leave him alone. And then he walked away and he was, and 
this is interesting because in Zoom, he was just looking at him walk away. He's like, he's walking away. He's like, he's staring at me the whole time while he's walking away too. <laughs> I was like, well, that's creepy. But uh, he's like, yeah, he's just walking away. He had two days of processing that was kind of tough. Like, you know, he was kind of feeling depressed, even more depressed. And that could happen because he got these call- thing called echoes. When you have echoes, it means that you uh, feel the emotions stronger uh, sometimes. And that's because he probably had to like, put it underneath the carpet at 14. So anyway, um, but then his depression went way down after that, like a two or a one. So just wanted to share with you guys this story. I call it coming out of the closet entity because he, um, because of that trauma at 14 with his parents being unsupportive of his sexuality, he produced these energies that actually attracted this entity to make things worse for him. So that could be happening to anyone. And if, if you, if, like I said, if you have depression, uh, if you have some deep depression, dark negative thoughts, you have you have uh, nightmares at night, um, you um, have physical pain, uh, you feel like you're stuck all the time, you can't move forward in life, uh, there's probably an entity attached to you. And reach out to your body code practitioner and we can find them, we can get rid of them, and just have a new chapter. A lot of people have been asking me about the um, how can I do better in direct sales. And um, if you're in direct sales, you work from home, first of all, congratulations because um, I forgot what the, the percentage was, but like women in general do way better in direct sales than men. So way to go women going out there saying I could not only be a mom, but I could be an amazing business owner. My wife is one of them, but I know there's plenty of women out there that there's a lot of them higher percentage in the hundred thousand dollar a year frame, um, than men. So it's kind of a beautiful thing, but here's one of the things that I've noticed in direct sales. That is a big issue is that you have people that come in with their baggage as much as we want to say to them. I remember when I was to uh, go to an event it was interesting. Like I, I said something like leave your baggage in your car. When you come to the event, come excited and your baggage will still be left in your trunk. They, they used to train that all the time. Like, Hey, leave your junk in the trunk. You know, like it'll be there. All your problems will be there when you get back, but just try to enjoy yourself and bring a lot of energy to this event, you know? And there's some truth of that, actually, um, that, you know, we, we, you could temporarily put your junk to the side, like uh, escapism, you know, going to a nice concert. You could kind of forget about your if – if I went to like an Imagine Dragons concert, I could probably forget for an hour if all the problems I have in my life. Probably do that. But then when you come back to reality, though, and you're off of the escapism mist – you're going to have to tune back to what you're dealing with. You have to deal with your shadow again. You can't escape your shadow. It's just going to happen. If you do with the sun and you have a sun up there and you're dealing with life, you will see your shadow. Uh, during the nighttime, it might hide, but in the daytime, it's back. So one of the things that I tell people is that those people that quit in your business, I mean, if I were to talk to a top earner of a company and say, what's the thing that disappoints you the most? This is what they'll tell you. People on my team that have so much potential, they either stopped growing or they quit. And it, you just can't figure it out. See, you wouldn't call a psychologist to that person. But now that people are more advanced, energy healing would be fantastic. Are you kidding me? Let me let me tell you a little story what happened to me. I did 10 years of being unsuccessful in an industry. I don't know about you. But that's a long time to not be good at something. I was, I was the guy in the back with a J.C. Penney suit, um, taking notes off people who were very successful, and didn't have a dime to my name. And I was just, just barely making through life. 
just like one day I'll be successful. One day I'll be like that guy. One day, one day, one day. And I just stayed and I did not get my pay. They say stick and stay, you'll get your pay. I did not get my pay and I worked my tail off. I I used to talk to people at Starbucks and just walked up in the middle of a magazine. I would go to a gas station, talk to somebody, give them a magazine. I mean, I was I was that annoying guy that was like, have you heard of our company? Like I was that guy and I got no results. And I didn't realize it was my heart wall. I was sending mixed messages all the time. So I did a little beta test. I said, what if I went back in with my heart wall cleared and some abundance sessions in my pocket? I'm like, let's just try it. Long story short, I started with this one company that was like a health and wellness company. I broke a record. I think I brought in like 28 people in like a month. And they invited me to a gala event that like some people were there for a year. I was there for a month. I was like, whoa, this is what success looked like. Where, where have you been during all my lean years? And I realized it was my baggage. So if you're a direct sales and you're like, I wonder how I can help out my team, learn to do the motion code body code. Just learn how to muscle test, learn how to do it. You might even have a side business working with your clients or hire me or hire another body code practitioner to work on the people that you know they have so much potential, but I'm telling you, they have baggage from other businesses. They have baggage from corporate America. They have baggage from their partner who's not supportive. They have baggage from their parents who believe money don't grow on trees. You name it. They have it. And no matter how great the system is, no matter how much money potential they can make, it's going through deaf ears because they're struggling with their own emotions. They have a war. and you, you want them to win a new battle in this field that you're in, but they're fighting their own war inside of themselves. Okay, so it is super important, in my opinion, to know what some guides are in your life. And what I mean by guides, you know, some people say, oh, I have my angel guide. There's other guides too, more, more a material guide. But there's a thing called an abundance guide. Um, if you haven't heard of it, um, it's because Discover Healing created it uh, a long time ago. And uh, those are the people that got me my certification for Emotion Code Body Code. And uh, if you want to remove all money blocks you have to look at your wealth trauma. Here's some class. Someone said, hey, man, I am broke. I don't know how to get to this place. I could literally walk them through the back of my hand. Like I already know how to get them there. Like I'm extracting some things from that abundance guide. But if you really want to go deep, you got to go abundance guide. And we have it in our practice. And it's really powerful. It's like it's an hour interview with with uh, my my assistant. And she's asking all these questions about, hey, how did you grow up? How was money abundant with your with your family? Who are you more like, your mother or your father uh, in regards to finances? Um, what are some uh, some back steps or some, some things that you went backwards in money? Are you good with money? Blah, blah, Just all these different questions that you have to answer very raw. In fact, my assistant, Amy, she's really good. Shout out to Amy. Uh, she She's so good. She's just like, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? Like, you can't second thought because now, now you're trying to look good. It's your first thought. That's the best stuff. And you just she just writes down all these notes for an hour. Then she takes this like little eight page or ten page document. She sends it to me, and I muscle test to see what page I need to work on. It might be negative wealth beliefs. You know, you have negative wealth beliefs, right? If you don't know that, then you should read the book uh, Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. We all have poverty files and wealth files. And we, our life is an extension of our files. 
And I had a ton of poverty files. In fact, when I was reading this, I was like, <laughs> I could totally relate to that. Oh, wait, that's a poverty file. Dang it. You know, and I'd read again. I'm like, oh, man, I like, like, uh, this this is a pretty cool quote. Wait, that's how poor people think. Oh, you got to be kidding me. So it's like the whole time I was getting punched in my face by this book because I had so many poverty files. And I realized I'm like, okay, so now I can change it by just thinking differently. It goes deeper than that. I really believe that you need to work on the imbalances. And this abundance guide does it. It'll go into uh, your biggest financial frustrations. It'll go into negative core beliefs. It'll even go to positive core beliefs. You guys know that you guys have positive core beliefs in your body that are like, you know, I believe I can make money easily and frequently. That's a very positive belief. But what if your body believed that only 7%? Then Then it won't manifest to you. No matter how hard you work, your subconscious is like, I'm the owner. <laughs> I rule your world. Subconscious is like, I'll go out there and make a lot. The subconscious is like, no, you won't because you believe that you can't make it every day. And that's the battle we have. Imagine giving that gift to your team of people and saying, I know she's struggling. I know he's struggling. I know he's not doing well. I'm going to go introduce them to this work and then remove their baggage and watch how they boom, just explode and do a lot better. So just let people know like, if they're doing bad and direct sales, don't say you're not bad. At, you're bad at this business. Don't tell them that. It's just that's really harmful. Tell them, you know what? You could be really good here. We just have to remove some baggage. Just get rid of it, and then watch what happens. Okay, there's this really powerful guide. Another guide I want to talk to you guys about. It's uh, it's called Relationship Guide, uh, Relationship Resonance Guide. Uh, it's called Relationship Resonance Program. It's one of those. Um, this program is for people who are either single. Or you want to 2.0 your relationship. So that's interesting. So that is, uh, I highly recommend it first to remove your heart wall. So if you have trauma around your heart from past relationships and people who have passed away or you've been heartbroken, you need to remove that wall first. That takes usually typically three to four sessions to remove your heart wall. But after that, go into a relationship resonance program. If you do that, it'll tell you like, you know, what some pretty crazy questions you get to do an interview with Amy again. This is an hour interview. And then I do an email session within 48 hours. And what's powerful is that in that it'll say stuff like, what would your ex say about you that you're in denial of a characteristic that you have? Ouch. <laughs> right. Um, who would you relate to more, your mom or your dad in the relationship of your parents? Ouch. You know, oh, I'm like more like my mom. Oh, no, that's not good. Or I'm more like my dad. Oh, no, that's not good. Um, we're, we're follow, we follow patterns of our family. So that's the question is there's so many different deep questions. Um, you know, if you had a very supportive partner, what would that partner need to be? Oh, he needs to listen. Uh, he needs to be open-minded like me, blah, blah, blah. And then what if I were to make a comment there as a body code practitioner? I easily attract someone who is dot, dot, dot. These three characteristics. If your body says 7%, you can realize why you've attracted the wrong people into your life. So you can attune your body to attract the right person if you're single and you're doing that program. Or you can you can remove some offensive energies. What is offensive energies? It's things that are coming off of you that make your partner act a certain way. And you're like, why does he always do this to me? Or why does he treat me like this? What is that? It's usually because you have an offensive energy that's coming off of you and they're treating you as such. So for example, if it says lie to me or treat me like a child, 
that's your broadcast message, they're going to treat you like a child. and You don't know why. So the more you remove these offensive energies from you and from your partner, uh, the way way better the relationship's going to go uh, a lot easier. Uh, it's still going to be hills, but not mountains. That's what you want. I always tell people this. Whenever, whenever you do energy healing, I'm not removing your mountains. I'm making them hills because you, you grow with a hill, but you don't need a mountain. And so uh, we, we kind of make it easier for you because you're less reactive. You're putting off, you're putting out some things that um, that may be harming you that are making them act act a certain way towards you. You may need to do that so you can really restore your relationship. Okay, for those of you who have been asking me a lot, I've been getting a lot of people asking me about this healer success guide. Uh, what it is is um, I introduce it to Dr. Brad 12 months into my practice, and it's a guide on how to go full-time as a practitioner. So if you're a motion code, body code practitioner, a lot of people don't know this, but I created this thing called the Healer Success Guide. Another version of it is called the Advanced Healer Success Guide. So what is it? It's all my experiences. It's kind of funny. I took 10 years of me suffering through working from home and I compiled it into a, a training that'll help you go full time. All the mistakes I made, how to talk to people, what not to say, how to avoid this issue. It's in that training book. And I tell people I went full time within five months. And I said, you could do it in two months because you have all my information up front. If I didn't have to go through all the mistakes that I made, I probably would have gone full time sooner. But I made a ton of mistakes so that you don't have to. And I call it the advanced healer success guide. Our practice provides that because you might need healing on what I propose you to do. For example, if I say, go talk to, don't go text two people a day. I used to do that back in there. I used to text two people. Hey, let me offer you a free session. Hey, let me offer you a free session. And um, if you have problems being consistent or you sabotage, you need a session where you don't sabotage anymore. So that's, there's an advanced healer success guide that comes with six healings that will enable you to fortify yourself to do the actual system that I created. And so that's available at Compass Healing Center. And a lot of people have benefit. A lot of people have gone full time because I I work with them. I did some healings on them and they followed my program to the T. And they said, whatever you say, I'll do it. And then they did it. And because of that, they succeeded very quickly. There's a lot of power behind the full body scan in the AO scan device that my wife has. Um, there's a really cool testimonial that I want to share real quick that I was, we did a full body scan for her. This is like getting a $30,000 like scan, uh, but she did it energetically with this machine and was very powerful is that her, I think her ovaries were both, or one of her ovaries, I think it was the left one, I think was red, red. What I mean by red, red is on the graphs, you'll see uh, red, green, like green, green, red, green. Those are like typical things you see on the graph, which means green, green means it's like, it's good before and it's good now. Um, red, uh, green, red means... Um, it might, it might have, there's, there's something wrong with her. It needs attention, but long story short, if you see red, red though, like it's bad. Now we try to optimize you and it stayed red. I work on it. So I did something where I was like, Hey honey, do you mind if I work on your ovaries? See if I can work on it. And I did a session, removed like five or six things and she retested herself again. Guess what the scan showed green. I was like, Whoa, it actually solidified how the body code is so real that if there's something that the AO scan can't optimize, you can use the body code to optimize. So I have some clients who are like diabetics who have very serious ailments. And I sometimes tell them, you need to do a full scan. 
and let's just see what your red and reds are. And I'm going to go dive in there and see what I can release and clear. And that should improve your overall health. So if you own a wellness practice and you're not combining the AO scan, you're missing out on helping out even people who have more heavier uh, symptoms in their body because you could do a full scan of their body without having to, them to go to a doctor and get all these different uh, blood work done. Uh, you can get it pretty quickly within like, you know, couple of, a couple of seconds. You can get there to see what's going on their whole entire body, find out what's red, have them email it to you, said, here's my scan and go in there and go, oh, look, page five, you have a red there. Let's work on that. Oh, you have a red here. And then do another scan later on a week later and see if it's green now. Uh, that is a very fortified way to know that the body code and the AO scan work perfectly together. So I want to share something about the the four levels of intuition. Okay. Something that's, if you're a wellness person and you have your own practice, you are probably using your intuition a ton. And it's something that I've, when I, when I used to work with 22 people in a day, I used to have 22 people, 20 people a day. That was like normal. That was like when I first got started. I don't know what I was thinking. My adrenals were probably really sad back then, but I, I did it. And I, I remember how my intuition grew. But I want to share with you guys that you guys are going through four phases, okay? Number one, you're born with it. So everyone who's born has some form of intuition. Like there's something that tells you like, that's right and that's wrong. And 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 I feel like this is the answer. I feel like that's the answer. Or um, it's almost like it's innately in you, you know? Uh, you're born with it. We all have it. The problem with it is, is that there's the second level, which is it's suppressed. Um, if you have premonitions, like, oh, I feel like we shouldn't go there. I feel like we shouldn't do this. Sometimes you have a very supportive family who go, wow, you have a premonition about something. We should listen to it. Then you might have a family who's like, what are you talking about? Depending on what type of family environment you had, your intuition will either die or prosper. But I would say a higher percentage of people, it's parents that don't understand your premonitions. Almost like some autistic kids could have amazing revelations, just downloads from heaven. They might say some stuff, but they're like, oh, wait, but you're autistic. What would you know? But you shouldn't do that. These are special, special children, special people, and they are tapped in. They could, there's things that they could tap in on the other side of the veil that you can't tap into, and your ignorance is rejecting their gift. Shame on you on that one. So you need to like be more open and be like, what if they have a download? And so that's the second stage is suppressed. Third stage is strengthened through muscle testing. As you muscle test, this is actually bicycle bicycle or training wheels for your intuition. So I was using this a lot. I was using ring and ring method all the time. And um, it helped me out a ton. Like I've, I've used it completely. Now after seven, to seven and a half, maybe eight years, I stopped using muscle testing. I, I use it only for ages really. But really what I do is I go into a session. What I started noticing is that the, the picture will kind of pop out of the 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 diagram. It'll just kind of like whoop, like kind of turn 3D. I'm like, huh. I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, wait, do I even need muscle testing? That's when I started trusting my intuition again. And that's that's the fourth stage, which is you go back to your childlike intuition again. So those are the four stages. You're born with it, suppressed, strengthened through muscle testing, and then you get your childlike intuition back again. And I'm telling you, that's where it gets really fun. Something that was really powerful was the sometimes during sessions, I'll actually have assistance from the other side. Again, I don't really talk about this too much, but they're kind of little fun stories. Um, 
for example, when you're asking for help, there was someone that was uh, kind of who could see disembodied spirits. Some of these, uh, they call it the gift of discernment. Some people have that gift. You could see spirits, not just bad ones, but you could see good ones. And um, there was one that I guess Dr. Brad communicated with um, and he asked her, can you please look at what's happening on stage when I'm working with people? And what's fascinating is that whenever they would do sessions and he was working with someone on stage, uh, two people would show up behind someone and then one person would show up behind Brad or vice versa. One person would show up to the client. Two people would show up behind Brad. So who are these people? They're literally our ancestors, people that like want to help us, that they believe in this work, that they know the evolution of the spirit, the, the increasing of enlightenment of a person is worth their time, that they'll stop whatever they're doing in the spirit world to come check you out and see like, hey, what's going on here? Oh, let me give you some intuition or let me add something value to you. Or I'll, or I'll, uh, back in, it is very data scientific Scientific because they have like testimonial after testimonial after testimonial, I'll say it that way. Uh, in the book Imagine Heaven, it talks about how the communication of spirits can be telepathic, that communication is so slow. It's so slow. It's so uh, lower grade. But when you talk to someone mind to mind, it's very quickly. So some of them, when you when you go visit an angel on the other side or a spirit on the other side, you may not see their mouth moving. They're just talking to you eye to eye. They're saying something to you and you can receive information a lot faster than someone talking. Talking can only go so fast. It's almost like your bandwidth increased. You receive more information. And what's interesting is that uh, uh, this person saw them and said, hey, there's, there's people helping you guys out. Not only when there's inherited emotions removed, because that's a fact in the body code, you can whenever you're removing an inherited emotion, you're helping the generational line and they do appear for a couple seconds in your session and they, get, they take off. This is not something I tell my clients though. There's no reason to tell them that um, unless... There's a premonition that tells me, for some reason, I need to let you know that your grandma was here. You know, just rarely do I do that. It's very rare, but uh, it's a beautiful thing, guys. Think about it. Think about this concept. You're healing people on the other side that really appreciate your healing. I mean, if there's if there's proof of the afterlife, it's knowing that there's things on the other side that are awaiting healing, that they care about their progression. This isn't the end. This material here, like I'm touching this table here, this isn't the end. There's more. And you you bring over who you are right now. Don't think like, I want to become a celestial being at the end. No, it, it's you, who you are right now, your habits, what you do in life, how you think, your, your baggage, everything gets crossed over. If I were you, I would unload. Unload as much as you can. Um, I'll share with you guys a story. Actually, before I get into that, so um, I want to share with you this 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 entity uh, was with this client once, and um, but I didn't know that though. I was just working with her, but then her uncle, she heard her uncle's voice saying, "There's an entity." She's like, "Wait, that was my uncle's voice. He's dead." And I checked on her, and she wasn't feeling good. I said, "There is one," so I removed it. Uh, isn't that interesting? Also, I remember one time some um, there was a lady that um, we were just asking for help. We were praying for ten seconds before a session, and all of a sudden, this these hands came out of my head. Like, but it was like I felt it. It wasn't an f- actual physical hand, but I feel like two hands were cupping my head. And I'm like, that's weird. That's strange. 
I don't know why I feel something in my head, you know? And then I just kept working on her and I just didn't do, do anything about it. But then the second time I worked on her, the same thing, this little thing came over my head and I had to ask, I was like, okay, I need to tell you something. You know, I got the prompting to do it. So I was like, I need to tell you something. I feel this weird sensation. Actually, even before I asked that question, I, I was more prying for answers from her. I said, did your, uh, is your mom alive? She says, no. Like I didn't, we didn't get to that part of her session. I was like, oh, uh, did your mom ever give you blessings at all? Like was she part of a church or something and she just would give you blessings? She's like, yeah, blessings all the time. Let me guess, she put her hands on your head. She's like, yeah, she did. I was like, you're not going to believe this, but she is giving me a blessing over here. I don't know if she thinks that I'm I'm going to do a bad job with you or she's just probably wishing me well, but um, was she very protective? She's like, yeah, she was very protective, almost too protective. I'm like, there we go. That makes sense. So she, for, that was a really interesting situation where she came and she gave me a blessing while I was working with her daughter. And that was kind of an interesting thing. Also, when I was working with another person, I'll share these kind of interesting stories. Um, I was working on uh, an inherited emotion and it came through her mother's line. And uh, all of a sudden she's like, what's that? She, on her side, she's like, what's that smell? There's something smells here. But it was like a uh, oil, like an oil fragrance. Like she does uh, essential oils. And um, she's like, ah, oh, it smells like my mom here. And I was like, well, that is so cool that we're releasing an inherited emotion and her mom to let her know that I'm with you. Like, because she was getting an emotion released from her, but it was her mom was getting a healing there too. And whoever was above her was there in that room with her. But it was interesting how like the fragrance of her showed up. She's like, yeah, I know my mom's fragrance because I hate it. <laughs> I can't stand it. And it's, it's, it's like, it just came out of nowhere, this like smell. And I'm like, that makes actual perfect sense. Your mom really wants you to know that she's closer to you than you think. And so she, so this is a perfect time. She's getting a healing. She's there. She's interested. And she wants you to know that by a fragrance that you would only know that it reminds you of her. So I want to share with you guys that that may happen from time to time. Just be more open-minded, guys. Just, it's okay. Family wants to help you out. Family wants to assist you. You have... I have a very high belief in this. You have a guardian angel. You might have multiple of them. Uh, and they are helping you out. And we did that before. And I want to go into this, and maybe this is the last thing I'll share, is that before we came on earth, we were, we most of us have had this sort of ministering sort of spirit journey that we don't even know we did. It, we have this veil over, over, over our eyes that we can't see it. Um, the reason why I know that's true is because I can muscle test anybody that comes into this room and say, hey, do you have a preconception trapped emotion? And just test you, and all of a sudden, there it is. You have this emotion that you received in the spirit body before you were born. Now, the question is, what were you doing back then? Just sitting around on a cloud? No, you were helping out family members before. So guess what? When you're with that person, you might have absorbed an emotion. If you're with your great, 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 great grandmother and she lost her husband in the war, and you're, you're her guardian spirit, you would absorb that from her. You might even have dreams of being in a different time. And you think maybe it's like, is that a past life or what, what, what is that? No, it's not. It's a past spirit life. You were there in spirit body and you were helping out your grandma and you absorbed her emotion that she felt so strongly. Guess who's born with it? You become born with it and you live with it. Some of those actually become phobias. Like if it's a shock or terror or whatever, you're like, oh, I don't like oceans. 
or I don't like fire for some reason. Yeah, there's a reason for that. You've absorbed something in the preconception mode and then you got born and you go reborn with that. That's available in the body code. So it just shows, again, guys, be more open-minded. If something doesn't sound right to you, it doesn't resonate with you, then just put it on the shelf, come back to it. But I, but I find it very fascinating that, doesn't it make sense though, that you had sort of a spirit body uh, interaction with your great, great, greats? It makes sense to me because that's why we have an affinity for family. Look around you, go outside of the society. What do you see? You see affinity for the family. Why, why is this unit important? Here's the real answer. It was important because it was important to you before you even came on earth. It's important to you now. And guess what's going to happen in the future? It's important to you in the future. Families do can be together forever in the future too. So family will always be a central theme in your evolution, past, present, future. I want to end this podcast by just um, doing just a prayer over you. You know, I don't know who you are, who's listening in. You know, I don't really get to meet all the people that that um, that uh, listen in, and um, but I appreciate you. And um, I don't know who you are, but you're probably a son or daughter of God, and and um, I honor your journey. I honor the fact that you take time to listen to these podcasts, that you invest in yourself. I hope I hope you you get value. I hope you gain new information. I hope you get inspired. Um, life is too short. Life is so short. You can, when I got, was my uh, caretaker for my mother, uh, and you know, she was young. I mean, she's very, very young. Um, she's not 70. She was like, you know, uh, you know, sixties. She died of cancer and I was her caretaker for a year. And I just remember that there was this one moment, and I'll share this with you guys real quick. There's a special moment that happened uh, as I was taking care of my mom and she was passing away. My father already warned me and said that if you see her breathe in, because my dad's a doctor, he's like, if you see her hold her breath for a very long time and she's not breathing, but then it picks up again, it's like you have only a few minutes before she passes away. Now, why would my dad know that? It's because he's seen many cancer patients die. He's actually the one that, you know, he would say to people like, he has to tell the the family, he says he has the hardest, the hardest job, which is telling parents to let go, like stop putting him on life support. He's, he needs to go. Like, this is not a way to live. And he's probably done millions of speeches like that before. I couldn't take that job. That's just, that sounds terrible. But Anyway, I was, I was uh, praying and stuff and just, you know, asking for comfort. And my wife, or not my wife, my, um, my sister and I were there at the hospital in Mexico. And we would take turns on who would spend time with my mom. And uh, th- there was, uh, it was like four-hour increments. And uh, what would happen was is that... Um, there was one night where my sister was so tired that she's like, can you take my shift again? So I stayed up four hours before that. And then I was, you know, going to stay another four hours. And it was really early. Like we're, This is like two in the morning, three in the morning. I'm really tired. And I really wanted to take my shift of sleeping. But then this voice came to me very clearly, clear as day, clear as you hear my voice and said, don't go back to bed. And I was like, 
I woke up my sister and I said, I'm not going to, we're not doing shifts anymore. I'm, I'm staying awake for the rest of the time. She's like, okay. And I didn't even bother to tell her why because I didn't think she'd believe me, but it was a clear voice that don't go, don't go back to sleep. And uh, it was during that shift uh, that she passed away. And here's the craziest part is that while I was holding her hand, um, I couldn't feel any sorrow. It was the strangest, strangest thing. And uh, <clears throat> I held her hand and uh, I even did things to try to like make me cry. I remember I put her hand on my face and as if she was touching my face and uh, yeah, no tears came out. And I'll tell you why, at least my belief. She was already crossing over uh, to the other side and there's joy over there. And I think my body was feeling that entrance of her going to the other side. Like I was like, kind of getting a glimpse of it. And then she ended up, I, then I started waking everybody up. I, uh, cause I realized like she's passing away. So I woke everybody up and everyone's crying around me and I couldn't cry one tear because I was feeling this peace, almost like she's saying like, everything's gonna be fine. And I'm really happy where I'm at. So, so why are you crying? You know? So I got that special moment with my mother that a voice told me, and I really feel like that voice, the more I think about it, it had to be a relative, which goes back to the idea that we do have guardian angels. We have families that know that my mother was going to die at that moment. They wanted me to give me that special moment, that special quiet 2 a.m. moment that no one else will ever feel. But not only that, I got something more than that. Because I listened to that voice, I was able to get that peace that no one else will feel which is the peace of that's waiting for us on the other side, that there's a more beautiful world to come. I'm not like running to it, but I know that it's there and I felt it. And then here's what's crazy is I was able to comfort them. There's something beautiful about acquiring peace and getting information. And then you can't hold it. If it's, if it's something holy, if it's something sacred and powerful, you can't hold on to it. Your body frame can't hold on to it. It's it's not possible. You have to let it go. You have to disperse it. It's uncontainable by the human frame. Absolutely. So I'm just telling them, I said, guys, she can visit our future weddings with no pain. She can see a sunset with no pain anymore. And, uh, they were looking at me like for hope. And I comforted all the women in the room. My grandma, uh, my sister, I believe my aunt was there. They all were looking at me like, she, he's right. So in, in the in the midst of, of despair and grief, hope can come. So if you're going through, for, through despair and grief and you're suffering, you're going through something. Just know that there are people out there that have found peace or found hope or found a better way. And they're, they're there for you. They're a form of your guardian angel. They're a soulmate. They're, they're trying to add 
add to you. But the only way it's going to happen is you have to open up your mind. You have to be willing to be wrong. And uh, if you do that, then growth is inevitable. So I just want to pray over you guys um, who are listening and just, uh, I pray over your family. I pray over your kids. I pray over your animals that I know you treat them or you, you they might as well be your kids. I, I pray over your spiritual journey you're taking. Um, I pray over the hardships you're going through that you can see and have the wisdom to know that there is a reason why you're going through it. I pray that you get that wisdom that life really doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. It, that, that's a real statement that that's, if you can receive everything with love, negative or good with love, with an open heart, that you realize that the warrior, the prideful warrior is dead, that, that the, the only thing that matters is the loving warrior. That's the one that lives beyond and, and can actually feel happiness here. You have to be a love warrior. There's no way around it. That's why you came here, is to become uh, someone that fights and advocates for love. If you do that and you listen to those promptings and you stay close to your creator, you will overcome everything. Every, every grief you've had, trust me, God's planned it. You have the power to overcome it. You think you don't. And I'm telling you, you do. And it's time that you recognize it in your core mind, in your core soul, that you are meant for great things. And that it's time to deprogram yourself and take away all the things that don't serve you so that you can become the true version of yourself. So thank you for listening. And I pray over your families and I pray that you may receive peace in your heart and your mind. And I leave that prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.